Welcome to the Living Out Podcast. I'm your host, Darren Steele. Now, I help people let go of what's holding them back to live out the best of who they are using their unique gifts to make the world a better place. The topics on the podcast range from personal growth to social justice and LGBTQ issues, and sometimes all three come together at once. And today I'm going to talk about all three of those issues. And the title for the episode is Forgiveness and Self-Acceptance of Internalized Homophobia. Um, A little while ago in episode 30, I spoke about is forgiveness of homophobia a gay male gift? And I was speaking about content from the book Gay Men and the New Way Forward by Raymond L. Rigoglioso. And I'm also taking part in his uh, 16-week program, Gay Men of Wisdom. And that book seeks to look at the fact that gay men have unique gifts that we can bring to the world. And part of that, a lot of that stems from the the play, the standing in the gap, so to speak, between the masculine and the feminine and how that all comes together. I have been thinking a lot about forgiveness and there was a particular... Well, not a particular, but I spoke about this in in episode 30. I had this awareness when we were talking about uh, the question, can gay men forgive homophobia? And I realized I've had a lot of issues in my own life about forgiveness and being defensive and feeling like society has wronged me and, and on and on the list goes. And I suppose getting older and hopefully getting wiser and doing things like what I do here with the podcast and working as a life coach and studying personal growth, that I've learned a few things along the way that have not only softened me up, but I don't mean softened me up in the sense of condoning, but in learning not only how to forgive, which starts with forgiving ourselves, but how to understand where other people are coming from. And that's really the social justice component. How people think and act may be an influence of what they've learned or the environment in which they live in. But can people change? Yes, it certainly will depend on communicating with them in a way that feels level, that feels fair, that feels like... You know, both parties can respect each other, even if they can't come to agreement. But it can be a start. So let me get into this episode more fully. So forgiveness, I believe, allows you to live in the now, the present moment. To have this self-worth, to be able to let go of the past and all of its transgressions. And forgiveness is not about condoning or forgetting. It's about being able to let go. Not condoning and not forgetting means you've learned something and it's taught you ways in which you're going to move forward when issues like this come up again. Now, gay men can lead others, other people, in a model of forgiveness through their own self exploration of gay shame. And by that I mean, 
we as gay men or I as a gay man can evolve to understand and embrace this dichotomy, this binary of masculine and feminine as energies, as characteristics. And for many gay men, we have to first forgive ourselves when we come out. We have to learn why it's important to forgive ourselves for how we mistreated who we are authentically, the lies that we believed, that were told to us, that convinced us we were somehow abnormal, somehow broken, somehow a sinner if we were brought up religious. And here's the thing. It's not like we were being bad to ourselves or we told ourselves we were bad by our own volition. We were too young to be able to have the intellectual capacity to see that the status quo or other people or institutions were telling us we were bad. We were too young to be able to conceptualize why that wasn't right. So we don't have to forgive because we meant to hurt ourselves. We need to forgive as a way to accept what has happened to us and that it lives now in the past and we can move on knowing better what has happened to us. But we can still struggle with the challenge of forgiving homophobia when we feel shame for how we felt when we lived in the closet. That can be a very difficult thing to go back into and to remember and to experience on the level of memory that, in my case, you know, I came out when I was 18 and at 53, 53 years old now, that's a long time ago. And when things come up and trigger those adolescent or childhood memories, it can sometimes be very upsetting and overwhelming and feelings of guilt and shame come up that you think, where did this come from? And I think that finally explained to me one of the things I've wondered about is why myself included, not so much now, but maybe up until relatively recently, why so many gay men can feel on the defensive. And that's possibly because there's a single unanswered question. So the more defensive I am or a gay man is, the less they've thought about or even pondered answering this question. Do we have the self-worth to allow ourselves to believe that we are good enough and deserving after years of believing that we weren't good enough when we were in the closet? So once we've dug deep into that past and to the best of our ability alone or in conversation or in coaching or in therapy, resolved gay shame, there's always going to be that shadow that trails behind us. And it can be triggered, like I said just a moment ago, by, in surprising ways, somebody says something, a particular word, a song, an event. Somebody asks you to remember something and you're like, huh? You're taken right back there into that pain. I read um, something by uh, Jack Cornfield, a philosopher, uh, I guess uh, a Buddhist, 
And he writes a book on forgiveness, and it's a beautiful quote that just stopped me dead in my tracks, and it's this. The past is over. Forgiveness means giving up all hope of a better past. Isn't that interesting? The past is over. Forgiveness means giving up all hope of a better past. And for me, that's so eloquent because often why we're on the defensive or why we struggle, and this also leaves the realm of gay shame and having been in the closet and not feeling accepted. Why we struggle is because we're trying to change what happened and you can't change the past. You simply have to accept it as having happened. That's as far as you need to go in the realm of accepting the past. And you need to forgive yourself for any feelings, positive or negative, probably, I guess I should say not positive, but for any (laughs) challenging situations you found yourself in or things that you said and learn from that experience so that you can let go, not to forget, not to condone, but not to try and change something you cannot change. So this brings me into the challenge that many gay men face, which is embracing and accepting the feminine. See, there are many gay men who fear the sissy boy, the overly effeminate Male. They fear this aspect of being either overly or too overtly feminine because they don't completely understand that the expression of these energies, of these qualities, of these characteristics can actually be a gift. See, as a gay man, what I've learned from this Gay Men of Wisdom program is that there is a possibility of bearing both the masculine and the feminine for all of us, regardless of where we fall on the LGBTQ spectrum or even if you're mostly straight. But for gay men, this is a very specific and interesting challenge. It's not that we're required to be a gender trickster or anything like that by default, but we have a unique opportunity to stand in that gap between the so-called masculine and feminine binary descriptors to, to create the possibility of disruption, if we so choose, to bend and play with what the status quo demands and to say, fuck you. No. What you believe to be rigid and defining isn't how we choose to live our lives. We can express qualities that are wholly masculine or feminine and in whatever variety that we wish. So as gay men, when we fully embrace our gayness to whatever degree, we challenge rigid stereotypes, we disrupt the expectations of others and the status quo. Now, sometimes some of us can appear to flaunt this disruption of general normativity depending on, you know, time and place. And 
That could be, for example, at Pride or in our own spaces like gay bars or house parties where we might feel absolutely free without any pressure from the outside to let go and let loose and flaunt it and be a little gayer than we otherwise might within the rigidity of patriarchal and heteronormative so-called authority. But with a really gentle touch, we can turn up that dial of disruption at will whenever we want. And there are those of us who don't even think about this too much, but we're just comfortable showing up. And is that acting? I don't know. Somewhere in the middle, on the more normative spectrum, literally existing in plain sight, but neither appearing straight or gay, just being. And I wonder, is it possible that those of us who are more comfortable somewhere in the middle of that gender spectrum, do we create more of a bridge within our own community between the extreme sissy and the straight acting? Are we able to help with those of us who ex, you know exhibit too far on one side where it becomes toxic internalized homophobia and I'm not speaking about the sissy here I'm talking about the straight acting this fear of expressing and embracing the feminine for many gay men definitely comes from unresolved gay shame and that comes from a reckless and inhumane societal and religious forms of indoctrination which which demand no diversion no going off the path and there's a rigid and expected gender and sexual binary of a man has male sex organs is masculine and only attracted to women and a woman has female sex organs is feminine and is only attracted to men it's bullshit it's never ever been exclusively that way, and history proves it. But many gay men fight for this. They fight to appear straight acting. They do everything they possibly can to dress the part, or if they're on a dating app, they'll even use the language to say straight acting or masculine seeking same. They're unaware that their actions are based on patterns of behavior that were developed while they were growing up and in the closet. And this is how our brain works, and specifically one of the ancient parts of our brain, the mammalian brain. Anything that appears too feminine is a trigger to the mammalian brain to act straight. And that's a learned pattern that was developed in adolescence when you were in the closet and you heard about you know, don't act like a woman or don't act like that faggot. And that allows you to hide in plain sight, to pull up all of those so-called masculine qualities, to act more like a man, not to appear gay. And therefore your mammalian brain is triggering these behaviors to protect you from harm. But unfortunately, the damage done while growing up in the closet shows up in adulthood, in the straight-acting male, 
or self-proclaimed straight-acting male, because I don't want to say that somebody who is straight-acting, let's say straight-appearing, has, has prejudice or doesn't embrace the feminine. They just might be that way on their own. But for those who say, no, I'm straight-acting, I don't like acting feminine, they carry prejudices, which is internalized homophobia, a fear of the feminine, an extreme dislike or hatred of other gay men who are too feminine, and possibly even a dislike or hatred of women. The straight-acting gay male can take on all of the masculine roles, but at the expense of a more humane balance that embraces the best of all the character traits and all of the energies that make up something that we call masculine and something that we call feminine. And unfortunately, I think straight acting can become such a rigid box that many gay men push themselves back into a closet, and that closet is just uglier if you go back in. It wasn't pretty the first time around, but going back into it is worse. And I can't say this with any kind of certainty, other than anecdotal. I've witnessed in conversation with many self-reclaimed straight-acting men how hateful, opinionated, judgmental, and often racist they are. And that comes from what I said earlier. Straight-acting is acting, and it's a lack of self-love. And if you can't love yourself, it's very difficult to be open to variation and otherness. So the less we're able to love and forgive ourselves for how we've treated ourselves while we were in the closet, and maybe even if we weren't treating ourselves very well after we came out, it's simply a result of what we were taught to believe that we were less good, less quality than others. And it's a cry for help, an unspoken desire to be free and fully loved without judgment, to be able to freely forgive oneself for all the transgressions that others and we have made against our own identity while in the closet, for directly or indirectly having been taught that we're not worthy, that we're broken, that we're a sinner. And without realizing it, the one thing a self-proclaimed straight-acting man craves more than anything is acceptance for his feminine qualities. And of course, none of this means that when we are fully loved by others and ourselves and accepted, that we're going to suddenly act feminine. It could happen. It may mean that the now former straight-acting gay man, man may just feel a little bit more comfortable. Who knows? We're all unique and there's no template for how we're supposed to act. No checklist that indicates or justifies why some gay men display more feminine characteristics and mannerisms than others. Why do so some gay men love show tunes and others, eh? means nothing. And there's also a difference, I think, however subtle, 
to be understood between display and embrace. So some of us really freely display and play with the characteristics of a complete gender spectrum that disrupts heteronormative, patriarchal norms. And this can show up in how we dress, maybe more colorful and pinks, or perhaps even putting on clothing that would be considered feminine and a man isn't supposed to wear. Could be how we speak, maybe raising our voice towards the end of a sentence, like is so-called considered feminine. Could be how we walk, our physical mannerisms that would all show up as not straight or not on the side of masculine. But on the embrace side, others internalize the masculine and the feminine qualities that we may witness in different types of actions, like how we talk with others and how we lead and how we express empathy and whether or not we can express compassion and it's more of an energy of how we relate humanely with other people, embracing the masculine and the feminine qualities, as opposed to the more overt display of tendencies or masculine and feminine characteristics. Now, every single one of us, regardless of sex or gender, or, how, or however we choose to label ourselves, manifest different degrees of the so-called masculine and feminine qualities. None of those qualities are inherently harmful or scary. None of those qualities take away one's humanity, one's value, or one's self-worth. It's only other people who choose to limit, who choose to control, and who choose to try and define others, not qualities. As always, thank you for listening, and live out, and live proud. <laughs>